need is love. You don't need underwear. All you need is love. You don't need Diet Pepsi. All you need is love. You don't need what? Socks. All you need is love. What do you not need? You don't need toothpaste. We don't need no toothpaste because we got love. But I'll tell you, if you don't have any toothpaste, nobody's going to kiss you no matter how much they love you. <laughs> love is all you need. Love is all you need. Everybody believes in love. Maybe five people don't believe in love. But everybody believes that love is a good thing. Even if they don't enjoy it, they still think it would be the answer to all their problems if they could experience love. Unless you're sleeping. I'm not even going to give her the business. I'm just going to let her sleep. When we think about imitating Jesus, certainly He is the example of love par excellence. No one ever loved like Him. And if we're going to learn how to love, we have to learn from Him. Because even though everybody thinks love is great, they really don't know what love is. There are still, in our fallen world, residues of love. But if we want to really learn love, we've got to go back to the source, to the originator, and God is that fountain of love. So let's pray a second so we can help get serious about this subject of love. Let's pray. Lord, we know we don't love, but we know we like to be loved, and it thrills us to think that the God of all the universe, the one who created us, the one that we have rejected would yet approach us again in love through the gift of your Son. And that Jesus, your Son, might teach us as human beings how we might love one another. We pray as we think about the scriptures for a few minutes tonight, you'd help us to concentrate, to listen, and most of all, to be receptive in our hearts to what you have to say to us about this all-important subject. So bless us, Father, for a few moments as we think about your love for us. Because, as you say, we love you because we know you first loved us. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's read this verse up here because you are so good at it. But I want everybody to be Loud, not yelling, just nice and loud and articulate <coughs> as we read these verses from Jesus. This is Jesus speaking in the upper room the night before he was crucified. Together, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. 
So that's Jesus explaining himself to his disciples. It's right after he went around and washed the disciples' feet. And now he's explaining what that foot washing is all about. A demonstration of self-sacrificing, self-giving love. And he tells us that we are to love one another as he has loved us. And that's a good starting point. Remember the Old Testament said that the great commandment was what? To love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. Okay. That, so this commandment about loving is nothing new. It goes all the way back. What's new is the as I have loved you. In Jesus Christ, this love that we are commanded is demonstrated in the grandest way by the Lord Jesus. And it was demonstrated, of course, in the gift of his son on the cross. And so Jesus says, I want you now to love one another. You're not looking at me, so you're not listening to me. I'll split you guys up. I'll steal your Dodger hat. I'll do all for Yeah, okay. So pay attention. You are to love as you have seen me love. Now, throughout his life, I'm sure the disciples experienced the love of Christ in many, many ways, some of which were told about in the Gospels. Others, we can only guess by thinking of what it was like to live with Jesus 24-7 for those three years that he was engaged in public ministry with his disciples. But as Jesus is approaching the cross, this is the commandment that he gives us, that we love one another. And then he says, this will be the grand demonstration that you really are my followers. Now get this, what have we been talking about all week long? Imitating Jesus. A disciple is someone who follows in the footsteps of someone else. One who imitates them, one who learns from them. And so a disciple is an imitator. So perhaps in our love, more than in anything else, we can demonstrate that we are imitators of Jesus, that we are His true followers. Now, let's think a little bit about what this love is. What do we've got here next, Mr. Pontier? Well, it's, uh, here's a little more explanation first. I'll just read this one. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. What is love? What is love? Huh. What do you think? Love, a lot of people think love is that kind of tingly feeling that you feel. You think love is just affection? Second warning, last one means an ejection. 
or I'll bring the cops in here to sit with you. How's that? A lot of people think that love is just affection. It's this tingly feeling that you get. We talk about falling into love, falling in love, right? Like you might fall into a puddle of mud, love mud. And then sometimes you get out of love. You stop loving because you wash all the love mud off of you and you're, you're okay again now for a while until you fall into some more love. Is that what it is? I think this is where we get the definition. Greater love has no one than this, than someone lay down his life for his friends. Love is fundamentally giving oneself up for the sake of another. Now, you may have a lot of gooey feelings about that person. As a matter of fact, you can have gooey feelings and not give yourself up for someone. And you can give up yourself for someone without having any gooey feelings about them. God says you have to love your enemy. Anybody got gooey feelings for your enemy? No, no. So they're not the same thing. Ultimately, love is giving up to the point of giving oneself wholly. Giving up one's life. That's certainly the kind of love that God had for us. I think our next verse is the very famous John 3.16. Let's read this one together, or maybe we all know it already. For God... God loved the world, so He what? Gave His Son. Love gives. Love gives. Paul talks about the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself up for me. So when we try to think, what is love? Love is giving. And a life of love is a life of self-forgetting and self-giving. Where you think about what you want, or what you'd like, or what would benefit you, and you say, I really don't care as much about that as I do what would benefit someone else, what would be a a help or a blessing to them. So, you know, you want to go to a movie on a Friday night, and then somebody from the church calls up and says, you know, I'd really like to take my wife out for a date tonight, but I need a babysitter you think you could help me out? No, no, i got to go to the movie because I want to go to the movie. Or maybe you say, yeah, forget about the movie. It doesn't matter. I can serve you. I can give myself up for you. Let me come over and babysit so that you and your wife can go out for a date. That's love. It's not real big love, but it's love. And we're called upon a thousand times a day to think me or God, me, or the other person? Is it going to be me? Am I going to serve myself, love myself, or am I going to give myself up in love for someone else? The Father loved the world and gave the Son. The Son loved His people and gave Himself up for them. Greater love no one has than the one who gives up his life for his friends. That's what Jesus did on the cross, didn't he? He loved us so much that he gave his life in our place so that our sins would be forgiven and we would have the hope of eternal life, right? 
Now, we don't have to give up our life to save anybody from their sins. We couldn't do that. But we are to be imitators of Jesus in counting others more important than ourselves and making those sacrificial choices again and again and again. Not me, but you, because God loved me first. You see, we're really channels of God's love. God continues to love other people by filling us with His love, and then we dispense it in imitation of what Jesus did for us. Uh, Next verse, what does it teach us? Oh, here's a good one. God shows His love for us in that while we were still sinners... Christ died for us while we were still sinners. Let me ask you this. Who's the hardest person for you to love? Of the people that you know. You don't have to name names. Just think about who's the one that you have the hardest time loving. My brothers. Hmm? Who's it hardest for you to love? Who are you pointing to? I didn't see it. Your siblings. Don't brothers and sisters automatically love one another? (laughs) You wish? Who's the hardest person for you to love? Does it have to be Idiot? Have to be what? Does it have to be Cecilia? No, no. It could be anybody in the world that you have a hard time loving. That would be okay. Somebody at school. Oh, yeah, there are people at school that it's awful hard to love, huh? Maybe we don't even try. What do you think? Who's the hardest person for you to love, Mr. Canada? (laughs) Americans, right? (laughs) Anybody below the 47th parallel? On them. Hardest person to love. If somebody came up and tweaked your nose and pulled your ears and conked you on the head, would you be able to love them? It'd be hard, wouldn't it? Yeah. What about somebody who told lies about you? That's called gossip. That's called gossip. What about people who gossiped about you, told evil things about you? I would pray for them. You would pray for them. Good man, good man. Who's hardest for you to love? Bad guys, bad guys, huh? Somebody Somebody stole dad's computer and your GPS. Boy, it's hard to love somebody who messes up your life by stealing that stuff. Who do you suppose was the hardest person for God to love? Sinners, right? Bad people, bad people like us. People said, I'm not interested in a relationship with you, God. I can get by just fine on my own, so leave me alone. Somebody who gave and gave and gave and gave and got smacked and smacked and smacked in the face because we didn't care about God. Sinners who broke God's commandments. Those were the people for whom Christ died to demonstrate the depth of God's love. So it's not just loving the easy people to love. You know, if you love somebody who loves you back, big deal. Anybody can do that. Right, Adam? 
Anybody can do that. But to continually demonstrate our love, our self-giving for people who hate us. You know, you hear a lot these days about bullies, and bullies are nasty. But Christians can even love bullies and return good for evil. It's amazing what the love of Christ can teach us to do. Loving as he loved us, giving ourselves as he gave himself for us, even to people who are hard to love, loving the unlovely. And then John, in his first epistle, tells us a little bit what this looks like in our life. And we'll wrap it up here with some guidelines about what this love looks like. This is the last passage we're going to be able to read together this year. So let's do it, okay? All together. For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. By this we know, love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay out our lives for our brothers. But if anyone has this world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how can God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. And this is his commandment, that we believe in the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he commanded us. It's easy to talk about love. Again, you can write songs about it. Love is all you need. Love is all you need. Love is all you need. I don't know how loving those Beatles were. I'm sure there were some people that they loved. I bet they loved some of that money that they got. But do you think they loved their enemies? I doubt it. You think they kept right on loving and giving and surrendering? You think they would give their life for somebody else? I, I don't think so. But they sure wrote a lot of songs about love. But John says we can't just talk about love. We can't just sing about love. We've got to demonstrate love. We've got to act in love. And so if we see somebody around us, a brother or sister in Christ that needs something, we don't say, I love you. I hope it gets better for you. I'm out of here. We give them what they need. You know, that's one of the reasons why we have deacons in our church, <clears throat> so that they can help distribute things that we give in love to help our brothers and sisters. Maybe they need food, maybe they need rent money, maybe they need gas money, and we love them, and so we give. And they help aim those gifts in the right direction. Sometimes you have to give up time. As I said earlier, sometimes you just have to decide, not me, but what does the other person need? That's what Jesus calls us to. Not just talking about love, but acting in love, in deed and in truth. So if we're going to be Christians and we're going to demonstrate that we're Christians, we have to be a loving people. And praise God, the people of God throughout their history have been a loving people. 
They have given up their lives for other people. They've risked dangers. They build hospitals. They build orphanages. They develop vaccines. They do all kinds of things, not because they were going to profit from it, but because they wanted to demonstrate the love of Christ. They even, right down to today, pray for the person that is about to put them to death because they believe in Jesus. Father, don't hold this against them. Forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. You can hear the words of Jesus on the cross on the lips of the martyrs because they love as they have been loved. Monday, oh no, it wasn't Monday, was it? It was Tuesday. That seems like a long time ago, wasn't it? No? Yeah, no. Yeah. Well, whether it seems like a long time ago, it really wasn't all that long ago, but we started off saying that we wanted to learn how to imitate Jesus, right? And we realized that there are some things that he did for us that we can't possibly do for ourselves. And that's the full circle that we've come to because we're back to Jesus loving us and giving Himself up for us so that our sins might be forgiven, so that we can be reconciled to God, and so that we can have eternal life. That's what Jesus did that is inimitable. That means you can't imitate it. But then we also saw that Jesus must be imitated in many of the things that he did. What did we talk about on Wednesday? Jesus was a working man. And we need to work with the same attitude, the same diligence, the same purposefulness that Jesus worked. And then last night, which wasn't so long ago, we learned that Jesus was also the praying man, the praying man who talked and talked and talked and talked with his heavenly Father in order to deepen as a man his relationship with his Father in heaven. And now tonight we thought about his love. And I'd encourage you to keep reading the Gospels, the story of Jesus, listen to what he says, watch what he does, see how he deals with other people, and then think, how can I imitate him? How can I have the same attitudes, speak the same kind of words, and do the same kind of things for the people around me? And you can start with that brother or sister that you don't like to love so much. And then work out from there. Some of you might be in the position where you're not loving your parents so much these days. You don't understand them, but worse, they don't understand you. And so, you're not so sure you love them so much anymore. Well, maybe you need to think about a love that gives rather than a love that simply receives. Some of you don't love the President of the United States. Your disagreement with his policies bleeds over into a heart hatred for the man. And that's sin. So you see, there's a lot we need to learn about love. And we have the perfect teacher. Not only in word, but in deed. He showed us 
a more excellent way, the most excellent way. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, you have called us to be your disciples, to be your followers. Just like you called Matthew away from his tax table and you called John and and Peter and Andrew away from their fishing nets and you said, come and, and walk with me, follow me, learn of me. And so we want to follow you and we have to follow at a distance because you were on earth a long time ago and far, far away, but you've left us your word and those wonderful stories from Matthew and Mark, and Luke, and John, that show us Jesus in action. Jesus working, Jesus praying, and through it all, Jesus loving. And we pray, O oh God, that as we read the Scriptures, our heart's desire would, to be, would be to be imitators of Christ. Lord Jesus, we're very, very thankful that you went to that cross and did for us what we could never hope to do for ourselves. We thank you for your sacrifice. We thank you for the forgiveness of sins through the shedding of your blood. We thank you that we can be brought back into God's own family because of what you have done on our behalf. But having been justified by that grace, we pray that we would walk in your ways and that we would love one another even as you have loved us to the glory and praise of your great name. Amen. Wait a minute. Before you go, I want to thank you for listening. Thanks so much. Shake, 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 shake. Hey, I don't, I don't take it for granted that people live. You want real? Hey, Gramps, I want to shake even though I can get one. Okay, thank you very, very much for listening. Because you were watching me most of the time. And I appreciate it very, very much. So now you got to go get ready for those skits. All right? Bye.